0: Uh I'd like two uh... Grimdark Live. It is time for Grimdark Live. This show is for the nerds, the outcasts, the weirdos.
1: And for short pants gamers?
0: No, not you.
1: Ah, crap.
0: Get ready all you Grimdark goons for dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf. Only right here on Grimdark.
2: Live. Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live, weekly webcast for all things, dice dragons, demons, and a dwarf from the Warhammer Worlds. I'm your host Patrick, and as always, I got Chuck and Justin with me. Fellas, what do you hear? What do you say?
1: Uh completely surprised about what we're gonna yeah. Been talking about and what in the pike this week
2: yeah yeah we got uh, yep. we got we got a lot to, to go through and i'll tell you what i was really surprised at the turnabout that uh that the lumineth are making but you know folks that is our our topic for the uh the show this evening chuck what do you hear what do you hear you say man what, what's hobby uh,
3: you know a, a lot of reading and working up today on lumineth realm lords just yeah. to see you know what the potential is which I, th- I think there's quite a bit of potential. I think there's a lot of opinions on social media, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube. But uh, I think there's... I think the Realm Lord book has a lot of tools. Oh,
2: you're not kidding, man. You're not kidding, and, and you know the, the the us three tools Oof. here on Grimdark Live have been studying that book filled with tools. <laughs> let me tell you that much. Uh, but yeah, you know, folks. Uh, hello, and thanks for joining us here tonight for another Grimdark Live. And, and if you like our show, please don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So yeah, here it is, gang. Um, the original uh, uh, the the original Realm Lords launched back in September, I think it was of 2020, if I, if my memory serves me right. With uh, with a yes. soft launch, uh, I guess that's what they called it—a soft launch in June with the Battle Box that came out. Um, right. And here we are—we we are now sitting on uh, the new release. Ultimately, this is uh, this is a good thing. I I really do. I, I was kind of skeptical, and I know I know folks that I said some kind of negative stuff uh, uh, a few weeks ago about uh, about getting another book so fast. And I'm eating my words a little bit right now because I'm I'm happy as I always say. I'm happy as a pervert with a Playboy with this new book. I'll tell you that much. But. Um, you know it, this this new release uh, I, honestly uh it's ultimately a good thing guys wouldn't you say so
1: it's going to put them on
2: par yes, with I, a I lot think of it's going to be RVs.
3: leading sorry <laughs> yep no, I know. I totally agree. I mean, I, I think it's gonna raise them to the to the uh, four and one potential that they could be. Okay. I don't know if they're uh, necessarily a five and zero AA army, but I do think it kind of gets it to that AA plus level if you take the right tools.
2: I like the way you just said that. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, the, the 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 improvement of the factions is there. Um, you know, we got we got another more spell beef for uh, for Techless, so that's that's pretty amazing. Um, you know, I, I, really think that this new release is mainly provided a greater variety to list building. Uh, it, it, it's, allowed for more competitive lists, as you were saying, Chuck, really to kind of flourish and kind of be at the forefront. I do think that this is going to be a, yep. a four and one predominantly type of an army, but I definitely think this thing could, you know, at times, you know, itch the underside of five and O at, at, at certain tournaments. Um, you know, the new battle tome, while, while we're talking about it, this one right here, folks, look at that beauty right there. I got it. Um uh so we really it's it's released GW released it side by side with uh the broken realms techless book now Justin you got that book you picked that one up right I picked up both oh see folks there's Justin trying to uh to show off again you know I think you know Chuck I think what Justin's doing is he's he's a little upset that we were referring to him as an SOB last week but I think we need to keep that going Chuck because he just showed us up with two books he's a two book SOB well
3: I picked He's, up. He has a son. A that is correct. I picked,
1: I picked up both books for a reason. I picked up the Techlist book because I wanted the storyline, and I was also looking at the battalions and other objects that were brought into it through right. Techlist. Right. So I, mean, I brought. I bought this book, the 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 full book for Lumineth, because I don't want to have to carry three books just to play one army.
2: Yeah, and you know what's interesting about yeah. that is uh, I wonder if a lot of other people did the same thing you did, Justin, because Games Workshop came out and they said that they assured players. I guess I should say. That uh, you're only going to need to pick up one book uh, And right. on tonight's show, obviously We're going to be looking at what's changed since the original release We're going to be focusing in on the new stuff for the Battle Tome. We're not really going to be getting too deep into the weeds on the lore And all that kind of stuff You know, that's, you know, we, we would be here till next Tuesday uh, If that was the case uh, But, I mean, have you found uh, that both books uh, I mean, obviously you said you got the one for the lore But otherwise, if you already had the old Lumineth book You could pick up the, the, the Broken Realms book and be just fine with that, right?
1: Yeah, they're the same. the uh, The additions to the book are the same in the back of the techless book versus the full release Lumineth book. They're they are identical. Um, it's just the cover art and things like that. So if you're an avid collector, then I can see why you would do it that way, or sure. you just don't you don't want to carry all that kind of material with you all the time.
2: I got you. I got you. You know what's funny? You know, uh, speaking of, uh, of of you know, speaking on this briefly. I don't want to get too much into this, and I, I do this all the time. But speaking briefly on the topic that's yet to come. Um, I really do, honestly, you know, you got me thinking about this when, when you brought up, you know, the lore and the book and the broken realms book, Justin, um, mm-hmm. I really like how the storyline and lore is really, uh, the trajectory is, is definitely up. You can tell that the, the aspiring storyline is really, is really peaking for the Lumineth. I think, um, what I really, you know, what really took me back and saying, okay, this is an actual real faction now is, um, they got, we got new nations, you know, I think we got what, two new nations. Yep. Uh, cool. The uh, uh, Alumnia and uh, Helion, and um, you know, yeah. I think I think it was interesting for me. My takeaway on just kind of reading through uh, the 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 new Battle Tome, um, and yes, I had the old Battle Tome, but I decided to pick up the old, the new one for for whatever reason. Uh, uh, but I'm glad I did. But what what took me back a little bit was how I really was happy with what I was reading was. You know, previously we were, you know, we as the gaming community, Lumineth fans, if you will, high old high elf fans, um, we were focused mainly on the nations being controlled under Techless, and uh, the, the the two new ones, the two new nations that are out, gives us a glimpse into those, you know, I guess that are under control by by Tyrion, right, the, his, his brother. Those are those are more of his, you know. We talk about uh, Alumnia and uh, Helion. Uh, we're, we're really talking about things that are under his jurisdiction, right?
1: I would say they're under both. I think they're more of a combination kind of nations okay. they 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 follow the philosophies of both great leaders all
2: right well my takeaway when i was reading it was that those two are kind of tucked under Tyrion, and and everything else was techless but yeah you could be right too i i guess uh, we'll have to we'll have to uh check that out but you know more to come mm-hmm. on that folks we're not gonna i'll, I'll stop bleeding the topic here on the uh the beginning of the show uh i do that all the time guys i don't know why the hell i do that. i guess i'm impatient i don't, I don't know what it is. Nah,
1: is you're fine you're fine
2: so um <laughs> Here it is, gang. You know, talk to me. Are you guys uh you guys out there? Are you staying true or are you sniffing glue, man? What's what's happening with the hobby table? What's happening?
1: <laughs> is it ever gonna change for me? I don't think so. <laughs> I got well, too much
2: stuff around me going on. Hey man, a lot can happen in a week. Are you what are you doing, dude? Are you sniffing glue or are you uh, staying true?
1: No, I'm staying true. I'm working on my personal army for Armed Forces Day. I got a commission in place for one of our our, uh, tournament players that has some pieces he just couldn't get done in time. So I'm helping him out with that. Cool, Building the terrain boards and stuff like that. That's still going. I got a bunch of trees behind me that are in process of being built. And then, of course, the big boy behind me over there. And other than that, I just trucking as much as I can with the hours I have.
2: I got you, man. I hear that. Chuck, what about you, bud?
3: Uh, Working on uh, one of the undead skeleton giants behind me to the right. Um, I got the mausoleum painted up this past week, and I got two more uh, commissions in for Adeptus Titanicus, some more terrain, and a train. So just keep them busy. Uh, Also assembling uh, one more man crusher that's an undead giant skeleton. So uh, just going with that, rolling with the punches. I got
2: to tell you, man, those rolling those undead list. folks, if you haven't checked out Chuck's work with the undead skeleton and giants, Gargans, uh, do that and do that immediately. Uh, it's actually pretty, pretty cool with the way he's doing that. So uh, awesome, awesome stuff. Uh, and yeah, you know, we got uh, we got one of our listeners here, Sean. Uh, he's he's talking about uh, it's all about the Fox NATO. So uh, I guess uh, I guess I guess that's his. Uh, I guess he's not stiff and glue. He's, he's talking about his, his, his Anvil of Apotheosis character, which does bring me into oh. um, my little topic. Again, I'm, a, I'm I'm a slave to the situation, folks. No, it's a labor of love, actually. I've been working yep. my, my tail off on Armed Forces Day 4. That's going to be up here uh, right around the corner. But I've got a couple of questions from some of the folks that are putting together Anvil of Apotheosis characters, and the information on that it will be found in the player's pack. That is linked to the... Um, uh, the, the actual Facebook page for Armed Forces Day, uh, you can shoot me an email at noblerg.com. uh, I'm sorry, uh, G at gmail.com, uh, if you need more information on that, or just go right to the link and check it out, but I want to answer a couple of questions that came up, you know, um, what do I do if I'm playing the Sons of Beamot Army, uh, well it clearly states if you read it um, uh, that uh, in in the players pack you ha- your anvil of apotheosis character has to be from your main grand alliance uh, mm-hmm. period that's that's what it is. Uh, number two to that number two is your your anvil of apotheosis character cannot exceed the 20 points or the 20 times 10, the 200 points that is listed uh, for your build of your character. Also, I don't have them all memorized right now, but I did list base sizes for your Anvil Apotheosis character, whether they're on foot. I believe uh, if they're on foot, your hero on foot cannot exceed a 60 millimeter round base. Uh, the rest of them, take a look at it. You know, yes, Mornfang are considered monstrous cavalry, so take that into account. So these are some questions uh, that we got. And, folks, I want to say right off the bat, thank you so much for all the awesome support and everything that we've been getting uh, for Armed Forces Day. And if um, if you have any other questions, please feel free to uh, shoot me a message on the Facebook page for Armed Forces Day or please uh, shoot me an email at G at gmail.com, and it will uh, it'll get right, right to me. But... Um, here it is, guys. We uh, we got to keep rolling with this thing. So I hope that, that did I answer all the questions on the Anvil of Apotheosis, guys? Or things? Any, any more questions out there that you guys know of?
1: Uh... The only other one I heard was if the character counts towards your hero limit, which it doesn't, mm-hmm. and right, if, it, oh. if it counts into your 2,000 points, which it doesn't. No. It's it's a free character completely, so yeah, it's, you're totally, going to be at 2,200 points in total.
2: Yeah, totally free. It's, it's a total sidebar thing. It has nothing to do with... Um, with the actual 2000 point build of the army for this charity event. So, uh, that that anvil of apotheosis character is totally separate, does not go towards your hero allotment. So, think of it as a separate little piece, a gift, a gift from Grimdark Live to all you awesome gamers.
1: Right. So, and I think the other the last one I heard today was is it going to count does it count towards your drop limit and it does. Yes. It is still a it is still a unit.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 obvious. So so there it is. So, um Right. But uh but we got we got we got gooseneck that just chimed in. I want to read this one before we move on. It said, uh, I bought the box when they initially released and now finally working through it. Love the models, but with a pain in the ass to paint, it's slowly breaking my will. Uh cool. What are you talking what's about? Realm, <laughs> what, he's
1: talking about the Luminoth Realm Lords and oh. the and the attachment of the shields or the spears or Hell, any of the horses, I mean, they, they are a tricky model to paint regardless. Uh, just it's the way they're built. They're multi-part assembly paint.
2: Gotcha. Well, I can i can say this, uh, Gooseneck. Uh, sorry that uh, here's our topic. And, you know, the host here didn't even remember what the hell I was talking about. So thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks for keeping us all on track. And by the way, Justin is still an SOB for showing me up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chuck, come on, back me up on that one.
3: Well, well, I think some people are getting uh, spoiled by SnapFit Stormcast uh, miniatures, and oh, God, um, there's that damn Stormcast that... again. <laughs> I, I know they sink their way back into the conversation, like all those little nobblers. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it, we've got to remember that elves can be a little bit thin, finicky, and made of plastic. So you want to make sure that you pin those little guys onto the bases and make sure they don't move.
1: Right, shields don't help though, Chuck those shields are a pain
3: i know they're gigantic
2: well here we go man let's keep rolling with this one because we're going to be talking about lumineth here later on the show guys patience man patience <laughs> all right so here it is here's do not answer this right now do not answer this right now we got the question of the day coming up that we're going to be asking uh towards the end of the show and uh, since last week we threw we threw justin right right in the barrel he was our resident uh, sob last week uh we are going to actually throw chuck in the barrel this time and he's going to be the first one on the show tonight to answer this one so here it is here's the question of the day that's gonna to be answered later on grimdark live so please don't answer it now what is the point of battle line requirements think about that in our game literally what is the point of battle line requirements now that's kind of a trick question think about that one yeah and uh and and we will uh we will force the answer with chuck here uh out You're...
3: of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yikes, yikes, yikes. Well, wow. with, with with that out-of-the-mouth statement, we're going to be coming back with some news.
0: Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios are the real terrain nerds you all need for getting your terrain from. Get your commercial laser cut MDF bases, silicone molds for resin prints, game and hobby accessories like 15 to 28 millimeter terrain, 15 to 28 millimeter figures, and 15 to 28 millimeter vehicles, and a lot more. Get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's sixsquaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios.
2: Hey gang, today's news is brought to you by Six Squared Studios. Yep, an awesome company for all your gaming and hobby needs. Six Squared Studios. I'll say it again, Six Squared Studios. So get your nerd on with Six Squared Studios. Check them out at sixsquaredstudios.ca. Again, that's six-squaredstudios.ca. Six Squared Studios, where tabletop terrain is made by gamers for gamers. Just like their saying goes. Gaming accessories made by gamers for gamers. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios.
0: Tabletop terrain by expert nerds for exceptional nerds.
2: We're going to keep the news a little short tonight because I think that uh, we got a lot uh, we're going to have to go through on in this main topic, so we are going to uh, make sure that, uh, uh, that we don't uh, soak up a lot of time here with the news. But we're definitely going to have to show... The, uh, the the first thing first, man, we gotta show this rumor engine. Have you guys seen this yet?
1: Yes, I have.
2: So there oh, it yeah. is, man. It's uh it's 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 a candlestick, it's candles. Uh it, it, it kinda fits with the recent vampire witch hunter theme thing. I mean it could be uh some type of a scenic base, maybe, uh maybe Soul Blight terrain, Curse City expansion. I I don't know. What do you guys think? What is this thing?
1: Uh it's Soul Blight or it's Nighthaunt. It's got the same all that same mentality of those two armies. So uh pff- at this point it could be a train piece, it could be another ghastly model floating around or or whatever. Sure. I sure doubt it's a vampire
3: stand animal stick, because I don't see them ever doing that. You know? <laughs> you don't think it's like some type of grave lore that's coming out or I mean we've I got that new book that's supposed to be hitting this what spring summer? I don't know because we had the that special
1: release in one of the sh- the the GW shows that was a Night Hunt hero. So I'm wondering if we've got another oh. Night Hunt hero coming. Oh, there you go. Possibly, yeah, yes. You know, another piece of that, another piece of that puzzle because now that book's got to get a slight rework because of the things that happened in Techless, right? You know, um, so.
2: Interesting. You know, it's funny when I when I look at this thing more and more. Though I I, I wonder, you know, is it, is it this could be more trickery on the part of Games Workshop? You know, are they going to try to you know do an underhanded thing and throw us maybe we all think it's Age of Sigmar, but are they throwing us maybe some 40k? I mean, uh, could this maybe be Sisters of Battle? Uh, I, th- I think Sisters of Battle. Think...
3: I, yeah. I was... Go ahead, Chuck. I know. I was about to say, if you look at all of their the artwork for Sisters of Battle, if you look at the uh, foot infantry, the tanks. My goodness, every tank and has like a torch or that. candle on it. Yes, right. and it is all about the rituals or whatever that they do. I forget what it's called specifically in 40k, but <laughs> the um, rites of passage or whatever. The, yeah, it is. rites yeah. of passage, definitely.
2: Right. I, I mean, I, th- I think also too, like like you were saying, Chuck, not only on the tanks and everything else, but I think there was a recent preview. Uh, with a with a similar uh, candle holder um, recently, I don't, I don't know if it was on one of the Saturday reveals or something like that. But this is what got me thinking it might be a Sisters of Battle thing. I think it was uh, a new Sister Chaplain. I think right.
1: Ah, uh, that was the Model Monday that they've been doing. Okay. Wasn't there a new wasn't there a new Sister? Of, I think there was a new Sister of Battle from last week's Model Monday. Okay.
2: Well, like I said, so. I threw it out there that it could be a 40k piece because I'm pretty pretty sure that we haven't seen everything there is to see with the Sisters of Battles just yet. But of i do think not. it could definitely be something for curse city or, or something like that so yeah but Would, uh, wouldn't surprise us nope but moving on and this is kind of a, a warm-up here to our uh our topic here talking about the luminoth realm lords here later on the show but i want to throw something out there uh, last week uh, I want a, a special shout out to uh, to, to Justin Braun, um, a listener who who last week commented uh, that that we should have announced spoilers uh, in our in our oh. broken realms talk <laughs> on the show. And uh, that's where we, we, we kind of, uh, un, you know, uncovered the, the, the point that Techless really beat the snot out of Nagash and great storyline. And um, but, you know, we do apologize. Good, sir. Uh, we uh, we will do better in the future, and uh, and and Justin, uh, you are correct, man. We should uh, we should really provide a, a spoiler warning when when we're going to talk about lore that is yet to be officially released. But thanks for hanging in there, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for being an awesome listener, and we appreciate the feedback. And uh, we we will uh, we will do better. And 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 here's a good thing about this, Justin. That's like the least of the terrifying things we're going to do here on grimdark live so so that's <laughs> that's pretty mild compared to what's really <laughs> going to come up here you know just give it time justin just give it time no i'm kidding with you but thank you so much for for that uh but gang what else we got man anything else in the news that um that uh, you guys are ready to uh to, to share or go through
1: the only thing in the news that came across was the the father and daughter witch hunters for, city, for a Cities oh, of Sigma that's, release. Yeah. That's and right. oh my God, are that's they right. absolutely gorgeous looking models. Yeah. So what do we know about them right now? Uh, the only thing we know is it, that, it, that the title of it is Witch Hunting is, it, uh, is Part of in the Family Blood or something like that. It's a father-daughter combo. Yeah, of father-daughter combo. So Love they're it. probably going to be pointed together. And I know that the female model has a head variant on it so she's got the it's the female head or it's her wearing the the standard brimmed witch hunter head cool. ha- a helmet cool and yeah the models just look absolutely fantastic other than that there's no real information on them yet
2: love it love it good stuff man alright well let's get uh, let's get to the Mumineth
0: a public service announcement brought to you by Frag Factory 3D Printing Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3d printing at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grindark Live sent you, and your first hour of printing is free. Hey
2: gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you, and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory 3 dprintinggmailcom at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing. Frag
0: Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games.
2: Now, back to the show. A lot of you folks have been hearing that uh, uh, on, the, on the web, a lot of people doing the walkthroughs and the read-throughs and all that kind of stuff. And so we're actually going to get into that and talk a little bit about um, what, uh, what's what's what been happening. So uh, we got what's been happening a lot we got we got a new sub-faction uh of units i think they're the 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 uh the huracan and uh Mm -hmm. new command traits and artifacts for the venari and the the huracan heroes uh we got some new battalions uh we got two new nations you heard us kind of briefly uh bring up or i kind of brought up earlier in the show because i couldn't i couldn't you know hold my comments back and a whole new spell lore um and i think the spell lore is usable by the new wind mage and teclas himself Right. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and really just a, a crap load of new War Scrolls alongside with some of the original content. But again, we're not really going to get into too much, probably very little of the original content uh, because that's been out since, you know, June and September. But we are going to really kind of focus tonight on the new stuff that's here inside the uh, the Lumineth Realm Lords book. And we're going to kind of take it on a different level. And we're going to talk more like we do normally here on Grimdark Live, more about opinions and thoughts uh, rather than probably what you guys have already gotten when the book broke uh, over this past week, I think uh, I think a couple of different shows kind of did a read through, right, guys?
1: Yeah, they do a they do a quick synopsis of what's going on in the realms right. and things of that matter, but it doesn't ever. Get real into the meat and potatoes of right, it. I mean, right, it,
2: and and like I said, we're also no. going to talk a lot about opinions and that kind of stuff. But we're definitely not going to. We're, we're not. There won't be a reading through. it. We're not going to be like, okay, page one. Let's pay attention. Uh, right. But yeah, <laughs> rather, and like I said, rather than agonize over everything, you know, um, or give a, you know a, a broad review of the entire book, we're just going to meet you in the middle and we're going to cover just the the new material. So let's uh, let's roll with this one here, gang. Um, so many of the new units uh, that just came out have the hurricane keyword and mm-hmm. the uh, severeth and the hurricane wind mage uh, and like their Venari and sonari cousins they get a new battle trait shared among them so let's start right there I always like to look at the battle traits because I think that's really where a lot of the worth of the army is if you don't mind me saying so um, again that's that's my opinion uh, but you guys uh you 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 guys know um, what the new traits are right there there's two of them do you guys know what these are
1: got to get to them real quick. Hold on. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Here we
2: go. Here we go. No, let's. Let, what's, what's, what's the first one, Justin? What do we got? What's one of the first two?
1: The Kindred of the Winds, which is Move Like the Wind. But
2: Move Like the Wind, that's one. And, you know, and I think if I remember right, this one is kind of cool. Um, this allows the Hurricane units to ignore the usual rules to a pile in phase um, if they charged that turn. Um, mm-hmm. They don't need to move closer to the enemy unit. Um, and if they charge that turn they can pile in an additional three inches so they're getting a six inch pile in which i think is i think is i think is pretty pretty cool when i first read that when i first was kind of going through that i was like huh charging elves that's a little interesting to me uh but what do you guys all think of this one let's start right there with move like the wind what do you guys think
1: well it's a fly move it's an additional three inch so now you're at six inch you don't have to pile in towards the nearest enemy movement so you got Uh, The electric slide boogaloo that we used to call it (laughs) right back. Right. You you know, oh, I'm just going to avoid that entire half where all your special weapons are, and I'm going that way because I don't have to come towards you. Right. Right. Right, it, it, it's a it's a rule breaker. It's yeah. what it is. Well,
2: you know what? It, it's 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 another piece of movement, and we always, we've said this before a thousand times that that you know speed kills, movement kills, and any anytime you can add something like that into your army, and you know you're you're going to definitely get a benefit for that. But Chuck, have you looked into this one? What do you think?
3: Um, I, you know, I think it's a a definite uh, movement shenanigan um, outside of the normal operating rules that we have all of our armies operating in right uh that give (laughs) them a a benefit i know justin's like laughing right now because i think that's going to be sort of a common trend that we see kind of moving through these rules like when we're talking about what characters do or what the army can can be now we're we're starting to look at this stuff Outside of our little AOS box of 2.0 and and these 21 armies that we currently have, and now right. lumineth and tecla sort of come in here and they're like, oh, well, I do do this and, and I can do that and that and then this and that, and I, I think we're going to see that uh, happen. So yeah. I think it's definitely beneficial. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be good for lumineth players because it's going to give you more flexibility during your move. Right. So we'll just definitely.
1: Just think about it on the shorter board facing the, the shorter board. Yeah. And you're trying to box somebody out by keeping position on them and whatever else. And here comes the Lumineth that just go, oh, that's your line?
2: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to tie something together <laughs> that both of you guys just said. I, I, I'm going to tie this together because I kind of like what you guys both said. And, and listening to yeah. both of you kind of go back and forth, to me, this means you're going to have as a player, as a Lumineth player, you're going to have much more control in letting models towards the back move in uh, to combat as necessary or, or even fall back you know, entirely from melee. I think it's going to yes. give you a lot of flexibility as a player. Um, so uh, I, at, at first, when I first read it though, uh, I kind of said, you know, I, I wasn't sure, you know, cause look, I was a high elf player for a long time. And my first inclination was, hmm, you know, elves are kind of squishy and I don't really know if I like the idea of charging elves, but the more I kind of go through this, I think move like the wind, it, it might be one of the more powerful new traits in, you know, in the hands of a skilled player. I want to, I want to kind of emphasize that phrase right there, skilled player. Um, so,
3: and also think about this. You don't have to pile in six inches. You could sort of move away.
2: Well, exactly. Right? Yeah,
3: yeah. If the yeah. yeah. height doesn't or, favor them, and it says it in that designer's note on the top right of the page, or or
1: shift your line yeah. to get closer to the objective than your opponent.
3: Right. Yep. And get right. more models and and take an objective. I yep. mean,
2: gang, when when you talk about this 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 particular battle trait, this move like the wind. I mean, y- you know, you can now manipulate the exact layout of melee combat to to your own needs as a player and i I think that those little innate things are what's going to make this army completely stand out from Mm -hmm. from so many others but remember folks remember like like i said here in a minute ago um elves are still a very unforgiving army on mistakes i don't care Mm -hmm. what elf army you're playing whether it's you know uh, lumineth realm lords whether it's you know, uh, you know, the eels, whatever it is, they're still very unforgiving to mistakes. So I'm going to reiterate, you know, skilled player, make sure that, uh, that that you guys understand that this army's got a lot of gears to it. So if you get out there and you, you, know, you drop a yeah. thousand or two thousand dollars on this army and it doesn't work out well for you, remember, you know, when you go out and you buy that box and you open it, it doesn't always come with a player. So sometimes you got to learn the army and really kind of work with it. And mm-hmm. other armies have different depths to it. We got to put that on a T-shirt, don't we guys? That's a really good phrase right there.
3: That's a yeah. long phrase, but I want to add one more thing to what sure. like, like Justin was talking about how he said move your line. There's actually a specific sentence or, or secondary portion to a sentence that states uh, that the unit that makes this move does not have to finish the move at least as close to the nearest enemy model. So it does not have to do that.
2: Oh, okay. All so right. you
3: don't have to move towards your, the closest enemy model. Right.
1: Which like means that. you can
3: pull most of the unit out of combat and leave
1: one model in and object- yeah. get it to an objective. They kill off that one model, and guess what? You're disengaged and you're sitting on top of an objective.
2: Okay. Yeah, I, I like
3: that. I like that. So I think, <laughs> oh, I think there's three things you can do with this one rule. <laughs> okay, r- rattle those off, Chuck. Rattle, the, rattle yep. the three of them off. Rattle them off. Okay. So you can, of course, pile in closer to to maximize and, like, let's say, kill a character. That's why You can, like Justin said, shift your unit down to, like, engage a secondary unit. Yep. You could shift down or over to min-max against an objective so that you get more models in and take the objective on your turn or four disengage from the unit. So that, uh, (laughs) the gigantic mega gargant that you're fighting doesn't swipe out your unit and do 20 wounds to you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. There, then then there's that too. So I I think we, I think we nailed down the first one, but let's, let's move on to the other one. Deep thinkers. (laughs) Um, the, the, the scenario, I believe, right guys, Uh, the the scenario to cast their first spell, uh, on a nine, just blank out nine auto spell, you have to dispel it on on better than a nine instead of rolling. So so they they auto spell yeah. and they get a nine. So mm-hmm. I think this auto cast, um, you know, to the to the tune of a of just a flat nine is is really nice. I mean, the nice thing about it is that it's it's high enough to pass any spell requirements and it's just high enough to be difficult to unbind if if you have to go ahead and do that. So uh, right. that's deep thinkers. I mean, what do you think about that one? That's that's the second of the two
1: it's a great little ability i mean granted it doesn't have any modifiers so you can't plus or minus it so that that's a little bit of a draw on it but that solid nine puts you on the same level as having a tech out there who's throwing two of them at solid tens yeah. or solid modes, yeah. you know so you got three characters now that are auto casting you know here's two from tech here's one from this mage and your opponents now sit there going uh what
3: <laughs> you know yeah
1: yeah,
2: that's very, okay, that's so, very true. Um, and and
3: so let's go back to my original comment about yep. this is the, the box of Age of Sigmar. <laughs> and we have so this is the second point. So now we have <laughs> some abilities of Lumineth Realm Lords that can autocast on a nine right. outside of uh, automatically without even rolling, right? Right. Okay, mm-hmm. so go roll. The, the, and the average to dispel that on two D6. To get the ten or higher is eight point three three percent without buffs. Now, if you've got plus one to dispel, plus two to dispel or re-roll somehow, or re you know, re-roll the highest dice. I don't know. If you get a tournament reroll, you know, it's gonna improve. But if your your base dispel is only eight point three percent, I mean that's not that high. No, nine percent chance to dispel that, that's insanity.
2: No, and, and, and honestly, <laughs> it's just though,
1: not
3: gonna happen that much, no, right? No,
2: no, it's not. I mean, you know, honestly, I, I, think, I think there's a lot of things about this army that I think once people start kind of peeling the onion layers back on this one a little bit, they're going to realize that this is, a, this is a pretty tough, tough army. I mean, um, you know, and I'm going to throw some out there. Pants Mafia, AOS, uh, he just threw out on the chat, he said, uh, if, you take the, if you take the battalion, you could count as charge and pile in from nine inches away and fight. We're going to be getting into those battalions a little bit later, Pants, and I'm telling you what, man, you, you made a great point. So, but before we get to the battalions, man, let's keep rolling on this one. Let's keep, let's get into uh, command traits and artifacts because I always like to kind of when I'm reading through these books here a little bit, I always like to look at it from the, from the battle traits, and then I like to move on to the command traits and the artifacts because again, that kind of gives me a little bit of an essence or the, the soul, if you will, of what this army is going to do. And my takeaway initially, guys, was uh, the Venari and the mm-hmm. the uh, um, Huracan. Um, they they cashed in. They were they really won the, uh, the the command trait and artifact lottery here on, on really some new command traits. I think they did a little bit better probably in, in the command traits. And mm-hmm. um Gents, what do you think, man? Where do you want to start with? You want to start with the with the, with the the, the well, Huracan well, or the Venari?
1: Let's let's go with the Huracan because they're the they're the new fluff right they now. Are, they the, are the, they are they're the big ones. They so. are the
2: new fluff, man. They're the they're the shooty ones. But uh, but here yeah. it is, man. Let's 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 get into the Huracan. I mean the Huracan Wind Mage. and I know I keep uh, I always is it bad that I want to say windbag? I don't know why the hell that that almost pops I, out I, every I, single
1: time. I I want to call his ass Goku just because he's riding around on a damn Nimbus. <laughs> but here it is. I the, mean the Huracan. <laughs> Good one. The Hurricane Wind
2: Mage. Uh, this 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 model here gets access to really their own command traits. I, what I what mm-hmm. I kind of thought was neat about this is it it's kind of its own little deal. Um, I, I think the 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 spirit of the wind. They don't. They don't get to lead an army. Correct. Apparently, they're they're kind of like left out in in, in Never Neverland. But but we know yep. that the, the the Wind Mage gets access to their own command traits. So I guess they can they can lead an army. And this mm. is the uh, the 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 Grand uh, Wind Rider. That's what it was. And this grants the Wind Charger units up to 24 inches. Uh, within 24 inches, I think it's. I think it's not wholly within. I think that's why I think it's interesting. I think it says within 24 inches.
1: No, it's wholly. It's wholly within it 24 a, okay. inches of the general. So it's a 48 inch bubble effectively right. around this right. general.
2: But they they basically gives them, uh, you know, up to what 16 I believe uh, speed
1: And 16 bumps, It bumps them from 14 inch movement to 16 inch right. movement and gives yeah. them fly.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and I mean here's the thing. Normally, normally, uh, this is only a wholly within six inches, I believe, ability. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's that's a huge a huge buff when we talk about what this Grand uh, Wind Rider can do. And again, here we are again talking about more movement okay. shenanigans and ability to get certain places on the board that maybe or maybe not your opponent uh, is is willing to get at. You know what I mean? And yep. I think I think when it comes to an objective based game or cutting off your opponent or, or doing something like that, that's uh, that's king right there. I mean, guys, let, let, let's stick with the hurricane here and, and this what the what the Wind mage gets. Uh, what do you guys think? Command trait?
1: You, you you've literally you've literally t- with that command trait and this army in general, you have taken the top spot for speed army. This army is the fastest thing on the table. Well fa-
2: fastest thing fastest thing via mechanics. I mean I would still say slanesh naturally is still breakneck fast, but I mean I see what you're saying. Uh,
1: no. Base stat line, no.
3: Okay. No, I think these are faster. Okay. Are slanesh sixteen inch move and fly? No. no Most no, no, of no, them no.
1: are like fourteen inch.
2: Okay. Well, we'll have to have that debate later, but I but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, again, it's <laughs> it's more it's more movement shenanigans. Right. Yeah. So um what else? Let, let's. Well, there's. There's a few other though. There's Swift too, right? Now that you, all of a sudden it's popping into my mind. I got my book right here. I guess I should read Swift, it while we're talking. Uh, Swift, Swift is, is Swift
1: is a basic. That's a three inch added to the general. I mean, yeah, it's it not... is kind
2: of a. It is kind of snore. You know, it's kind of blah. Yeah. I mean, but. Um... And yeah, it is it is only to your general, which I don't know that you really want right. your general getting very close to uh, you know, combat or anything like that. So I don't know how how popular that one. But the last one's kind of interesting. That's Lore Master. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, this gives them an extra spell from the lore wins. So anything that you're gonna be able to do to make the Lumineth Realm Lords more magical, which they kind of are, you know, they kinda of have that market cornered, maybe besides Zeech, I would think, uh, is definitely right. gonna be a bonus to you.
1: I, I kind of yeah. find it funny how they wrote that one, though, where it's like, if your general is a wizard, then they know an extra spell. Well, it's only good for the Wind Mage who's already a wizard. So why did you have to double state it?
2: Right. Well, that, that's I, well. No. But are you sure that's only good for the uh, for the uh, for the for the lore master? I think
1: lore master says it, it's specifically under the Huracan Mage generals mm-hmm. only. OK, you, well, so I don't know why there's that extra wizard keyword in there. We will have to,
2: we'll have to, we'll have to check that out. But, uh, but regardless, I mean, if you're able to take this and you're not a mage and it gives you that ability to cast or dispel, uh, or gives you that extra ability to cast, I think is, um, I think it's huge. I think that's definitely, uh, Mm -hmm. another, another benefit. I think out of the three that we just talked about though, I think grand wind rider, uh, is probably the best because again, we're in an objective based game and any, and any way that you can get to the objective faster than your opponent or do something to cut them off at the pass, if you will, um, to prevent them from getting to that objective. Uh, I think that's, I think that's really the secret sauce to, to, to the wins, but, um, but yeah, so, so that's, that's the hurricane. Why don't we, well, let's look at the other one. Let's look at the Venari, right? I mean, let's, let's think about them yep. now for a second. I almost i like kept rolling on the poor Venari. Um, so th- there, here, here's what we want to clarify. Uh, cause i had, I got into this conversation a little bit ago before the show with with another another person. and they said that, you know, uh, I think I think the Venari got some new heroes. And I said, no, they didn't, yes, they didn't. I finally looked in the book, and there are no there are no Venari heroes uh, no. that were ever introduced in the original release. Uh, and I think that was really it was really kind of lacking due to to there being no um martial oriented hero who wasn't named, you know that being Altharian, really. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so these really fill an important niche, I guess. So, um, the first one that I want to bring up and then I'll, I'll we'll, we'll throw it back around to, to, to you guys is I like the grand strategist. Um, this gives a free command point at the start of the game, you know, sort of a lot of people would think this is sort of dry and boring. Uh, but I gotta be honest with you, I'm a command point junkie. Um, I, I love the shenanigans that I was used to be able to do with my beast of chaos with generating more command points. And, and, you know, cause that, that eventually gave me a lot more primordial call points. And so I've always found that, you know, even if I have an army and I can build it to 1950, I'm always going to take that other command point always. So, so to me, I really like to see that something was built in for that. I mean, yeah, okay. It's kind of everywhere, but I like to see that an army got it specifically. What else, guys? What do you guys think as far as the Venari?
1: They're pretty strong. I mean, they did get two new heroes. I have to say they did. Right. Uh, they got the Banner Blade, and they got the dude that's running around on the kangaroo.
3: Yeah.
1: I, I, <laughs> uh, I think he's, uh, he's the Venari Lord Regent is what he's called. Mm-hmm. So they did get those two heroes, but the fact that you can take the Lord Regent as, as a general and then give him one of these where he's got the bonus to getting command points every turn or bonus to a save roll versus a certain attacks, you know, that target him, things of that matter. That's pretty strong when you got a general running around on a 14 inch move uh, mount that now is three plus armor. Yeah. Right. When when you're targeting him. So that that's, that's pretty
3: competent right there.
2: Yeah. I I think you're right on that. And you know, it's funny. I'm going to go to the, you know, and and Chuck, did you have anything you want to say in this or can, can I go to the next point?
3: I think the next point is good, but you know, you've got a, a good point with just having cumulative uh, two command points per turn. I mean, essentially, it's ten versus the five um, mm-hmm. without any other ways to to gather those in the in the army. I, I do believe that's going to be one more point outside that box.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I do. And you know, and, and sticking with the with the grand strategist, as far as you know, what I, what I loved about this is kind of the the, the heads and tails of this of this uh, command trait because obviously you know on one side of the coin you've got the grand strategist and for me what i thought was really great was the astute commander on the other side of that Mm -hmm. thing and this one lets you refund a cp on a six so and i know that's not that great i mean you're not going to get as many chances to to roll but but when it does work out for you it's going to be huge and it's going to be clutch and it's probably going to be enough of a psychological you know smack upside the head too to your opponent um to take them off their game a little bit so I like the fact that they're giving you uh, these little yin and yang type of uh, opportunities. You find that throughout the book. That's kind of a a minor theme, I think.
1: See, I might take the astute commander over the grand strategist just simply because if you have a bad phase and you're throwing say four or five command points at a time, just to keep your army in place, that's five dice for sixes. Yeah. No, I, you you know, so, so your, your odds go up versus the, I generate one additional automatically on the turn. And I burned it anyway and it's gone, you know, so, so there's, mm-hmm. there you're saying there is the yin and yang there, but I might lean more towards the astute commander versus the right. other one.
2: Yeah. No. And, and, you know, the, the, here's one that I'm not too, I'm not too crazy of. And, and Chuck, I want to hear your point on this, because um, <laughs> I think you're, I think you game a lot like I do uh, in, in, yeah. in, 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 in but you probably win a hell of a lot more, but I think we're very similar. And I, I, I think you and I are going to share the same brain on what I'm about to say here. But the third one of this group is the, is the consummate warrior. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this one lets you reroll one hit, wound or save per turn, which I mean, it, it could possibly be, be clutch. I get that with with the right hero, but I gotta be honest with you. When I think of like heroes getting into combat, I'm thinking of maybe a beast lord. I'm thinking maybe of like a, an ogre tyrant. I don't know that yeah. I'm thinking of a, of an of an elf. I don't know that they want to be in the thick of it right away. Um, that's just right. that's just me. And I I, I kind of when I read that I went I bet Chuck would be feel the same way. So what do you think about that one?
3: You know what I'm yeah I'm gonna definitely agree to that same extent. It, in and if you look back at at what the other abilities of the army uh, are with the ability to re-roll add plus one or minus one to your opponent or your own unit. Um, I think this army has enough buffs and debuffs within it uh, to operate without consummate warrior. I really do think that your grand strategist or, you know, astute commander both have their place. The grand strategist is going to give you just that cumulative two points per turn. But if you have the astute commander ability and you've garnered and saved those you know two three four command points for the one turn that pivotal turn that it, that is going to turn the game around turn two or three um and you need those points back uh that could be more beneficial in the end
2: yeah i totally agree i i totally i totally agree um I have no idea why, when you and I don't game against each other, why we don't have just a bunch of ties. You know, you know, folks. Chuck always beats me, so I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't
3: it. know if that's true, but we'll go with it. Yes, I win all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's <laughs>
2: let's let's keep let's keep rolling. Uh, artifacts. I mean, we, we what, what would, uh, what would a hero be when we talk about command traits and all that kind of stuff without some artifacts. Right. I mean, mm. and, and I, I, this one, I kinda, I kinda cheesed over some of these things. Of course, you know, they got some of the old Aether quartz, you know, junky ones in there, but, uh, the Huracan Windmage, they got this particular model, got three new artifacts as I seem to recall. Am I right on that? Three of them, right? Just, yes. Yeah.
1: Just choice, three choices for just that model. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. And, and I think, um, uh, you know i think obviously the one that's uh, that, that that sticks out in my mind because i was like eh, i don't really know why you know this is a big thing uh is is the uh the the, the, the siree uh, pommel and that one gives the holder uh, a bonus of, of of aether quartz now i understand that that the uh that this particular faction of elves are kind of junkies for aether quartz but that one i was kind of like eh, they, they 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 you have a good opportunity to generate a lot anyways I'm not so sure that this was uh really something that had to be a um that would take up an artifact spot. I guess the best way I'd like to I'd like to put that. Um thoughts?
1: Um yeah, I agree with you on that. It's it's not really a necessity since every pretty much every unit out there is gonna have Aether Quartz reserve. Mm-hmm. So giving an additional one, yeah, it's gonna help you if you need to have that additional bonus at a key pivotal point, but chances are you're never gonna get to use it.
2: Yeah, I guess every book has those throwaway ones. I mean, it kinda goes back yeah. to astute It uh, kind of goes back to the astute commander command trade, right? I mean, like like you were saying. I mean, yeah, yeah. Get, get your refund yeah. on a six, but how often is that really gonna happen? Um so I, I guess every book has to have their throwaway points. But I mean, uh Chuck, what were you gonna say about it, man?
3: I, I think this is one of those that's just a wash. I think you're gonna have enough courts uh that you the average player or competitive player is not really gonna worry about how many they have mm-hmm. in reserve. Getting the extra one is just kinda like uh, and I think there are more beneficial artifacts to choose from.
2: Right, <laughs> right. Which, which, Chuck? Which, which? What <laughs> artifact would you like to throw on the the uh, the, the Huracan Wind Mage? Out of out of the out of the, the three we already talked about, one. Which one?
3: Uh, so, since he's a Wind Mage and he casts spells, uh, I do believe Sunstone would be beneficial for that character. Yep. Um, it allows him to dispel one endless spell at the start of a hero phase, which. Again, if we look at a box um, that that is sort of outside the box a little bit, right. not too much. Uh, but then, you know, of course, it goes into more. Uh, they can attempt to unbind one spell if the enemy hero phase is in the same manner as a wizard. Right. Um, and if the bear is already a wizard, they can add one to the first dispelling and unbinding role you make for each for each of those that phase. Right. Right, and so adjust- I'm going to
1: be I'm going to be an SOB here, and you guys are unfortunately you're pulling from the Vinari artifact chamber, not the ones for the Wind Mage. That's for the Vinari heroes. Those are not for the Wind Mage. They're completely different. So, they're great artifacts, but they're not for the hurricane.
2: So I, I think the Sunstone, though, I think that's definitely for the uh, for the hurricane. Vinari- this is the one I was thinking nope. about earlier with the, with the non the non wizards, right?
1: it's binari it says binari heroes only and i'm looking right at it the Hurricane wind uh, wind mages are the windblast fan the windstone and the Buffeting. Uh-huh. yes yes you are, you are
2: correct you are correct so yeah Okay, so we
1: I'm trying not to confuse our listeners out there by giving them information that's... No, you know what, and does. we're uh,
2: we're just digesting this book just like everyone else. So, yeah, you're absolutely yep. right. So, so the Venari, so that's who it is. Okay, all right, well, thank yep. you for clearing that but most, up. But
1: because- most of their heroes are wizards regardless. I mean, almost every yeah. high elf hero in this thing has got the wizard keyword. So, right. yeah, that stun stone still works really good with Venari wizards that are out there.
2: right okay well that's uh, that, that's thanks for clearing that one up and folks uh, thanks we're I guess we're just uh, we're just picking this we're picking this book apart just like you guys are out there so yeah <laughs> so so the venari windmage artifacts I guess I should say and you know what's right. funny is I, I really kind of thought that um... Here it is i kind of thought we had our shit together okay so let's, let's keep, uh, so i, I think the, i think the last one that the Venari get here is the uh the the, the amulet i can't i can't these, think of the name of the the
1: the the, the
2: Senuli Sen, 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 amulet yeah this this allows the bear to run and charge uh pass hard pass on that one again yeah. you know i'm not sure i want my hero or my general um you know especially if they're going to be a mage charging into a damn thing uh I, I i'm not sure about that one uh that's that may be another kind of a, a chuck over the fence but
3: but yeah it, that's going to be a very situational one i mean i could see that on the venari lord Regent, if you're trying to get him into a tight spot with a 14 inch move mm-hmm. uh he can run d6 and charge 2d6 more but uh, overall would you want a sunstone on your character so he gets additional bonuses or an additional right. dispel attempt right, probably right. more logical that way right
2: Right, I agree. So so that's everything for the Venari, the Windmage artifacts, the Venari. So so now let's now let's finally talk about the, the, the Hurricane Windmage, who did get three new artifacts by the way. Yes. And uh, I want to start with the one that I really liked and that's Windblast. And Thank you. Um, you know yep. what's funny is when I first read this, you know, this is basically I think they stole this one from the Beast of Chaos, personally. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, it forces an enemy <laughs> unit within three inches to fall back. Uh, kind of the same, same, similar concept, you know, the, the beast of chaos can actually, you know, cast a spell and and pull you towards them or the closest, uh, enemy, uh, unit. So, uh, I thought that one was really good because here's my question. And, and, and I'm going to ask this probably a couple of times. I'm really trying to wrap my brain around this. When I read this, I kind of went, this could be probably in the top five top artifacts in the game, because could you essentially wind blast somebody off a table? And then that's the whole unit.
1: Why I don't not? think so. Why? Because because I don't think we have retreating rules that take things off tables.
2: But that's not a retreating rule.
1: It's what it says. It must retreat. Move, normal movement Force must retreat. Enemy
2: unit within to fall back. But here's the thing. So my, so my question though is, it forces, it forces right. an enemy unit. So you so you don't think you could you could just pitch them off the end of the table, Chuck? What do you think, man?
3: I I think they're. I don't think it's uh, clarified in the base rule book as far as removing a unit from the table because they retreat I do believe that you just have to move away from the unit either directly or indirectly is that correct? Yeah. If you re- do a retreat move during okay. like the combat phase or something.
1: Yeah it's okay. I, don't think, right. I don't think you can throw something off the table but where this one has its key place is say you're facing down a mega gargant standing on top on an objective and you cause their exactly run 12 inches
3: away and seize that objective. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, I think that's... And then you um, pile
3: in and you get more unit strength on top of that objective. And yep. they do. Yep. Right. Okay.
2: I like it. I like it. What about the next two, man? What do, what do we got out there?
1: The Windstone's kind of a one and done, hey, here's some mortal wounds. It's it's a basic I don't everyday... Like, I don't
2: like anything that's once per game. I don't know why. It's a one. It,
1: right. I mean, granted, the win, the, the Windblast fans of once per battle, but this one is... Pick an enemy unit, 18 inches of the bear, visible to them, roll a dice. And if you roll a five plus, they suffer a dice, six mortal wounds, yeah. if anything yeah. else, two to so, four, it's three. It's it's a one and done. Hey, here's some mortal wounds and that's
2: it. But, but here here's the lousy part for me on this one. It does D six mortal wounds. You could roll a freaking one and then that's the only time. That's, that's what you get for the whole game. Yeah. You
1: roll a one and you get nothing out of it. Yeah, it you, you just wasted it on a slot. Yeah. What
3: heart. about like the tournament re-roll though? Well,
1: well, in a tournament situation like that, right. yes, Chuck, there you go. It, I mean, there you go. But again, you're requiring yourself to have a reroll to make it effective.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You right. know,
1: so yeah, it, it, is it something you're going to take in an everyday game? Maybe no. if you have an if you have an extra artifact slot and you got nothing better to do with that mage, but that mage has got a ton of work to do, and that's not something that mage is going to be carrying. Yeah, right, you right. know
2: what? I, again, I, I I like the um. Uh, the third one I thought was pretty cool, the one that grants you the 5-plus feel-no-pain. This one is the Buffering Aspira yes. Jelly, Jellum, Aspira
3: Aspira Aspira Jellum That one <laughs> <I don't> know, <laughs> who, who comes up with some of these names? Can we just call they it throw the uh, Darts on a board Come on, on, I, I Aspira gem or something you know, like wait, that
2: I can't wait till I write a book. It's just going to be Cool thing number one Cool thing number <laughs> two or...
3: Or Knoblar 1, Noblar 2. And this Noblar 2 throws a lot of stuff, and Knoblar 1 lays traps. I, there hope, we go. I hope anyone from GW is currently listening at the uh, un-
2: unbridled <laughs> intelligence that Chuck Giardina currently just uh, uttered. I, I, I like the way the man thinks. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of the armies could be you know, removed, even forcibly removed if need be, from the entire game. We could replace everything with knoblers of many different sizes, colors, shapes, character names. You've got me thinking now. I think we should just abandon the entire talk of the Lumineth Realm Lords and just talk nobblers for the rest of the rest of the day. What do you guys yeah.
1: think? Huh? Nobbler, artifact. poo stick. There yes. you go. Oh, that's uh,
2: see. Now, now I gotta. I'm gonna go over here and the, and cry. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh. Hey, gang. I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12.
0: GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. they got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes, cases. Dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois.
2: Stop in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com
0: They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events. So get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois. 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State
2: Street, Lamont, Illinois. GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. But hey, if you're new to the Grimdark Live experience, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, and like our show. This way you'll always know when it's time for Grimdark Live. And if you're a returning listener, thanks for being back. We love all you dice, chucking, glue sniffing, gamer goons. Also, please recommend this to your friends As Grimdark Live is a great show to get your nerd on every week. And if you like some after-ear action, give our podcast a listen after the live show. The podcast is typically published a couple of days after the live show, the link to the podcast is in the show notes below. And if you're already listening to our podcast, you rock, man. And if that ain't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. Again, that's grimdarklive.com. All right. Now, let's get back to the show. Bad mouth my nobblers. I'll tell you what right now, man. All right, we're back. Lumineth, Lumineth, not nobblers anymore. All right, let's keep rolling with this thing. So let's um, let's let's go. Let's move on here and kind of talk about some of the things that are in the book that are, are more of a benefit to the army. Before we really get into the units, and you know, Chuck, I know that you got a couple of things. You did some analysis on on some of these units we're going oh, to be looking at here in a little cool. bit, yeah.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's a little bit of the old, a little bit of the new, um, and I think it's sort of relevant to just kind of look at the base damage and see. Cool what it shows i mean this is outside of taking battalions and things like that or the re-rolls but um i do think that you know we kind of see a little bit of a trend some steady damage output by others and that's something to consider
2: we are going to be looking at that because i'm really i'm really looking forward to talking about them them new blade masters man that's going to be some hot stuff coming up but let's first let's talk about this new scenery piece man let's get this thing out of the way the shrine luminor um yeah you know what i i uh uh, the new shrine luminor it's it's gorgeous i'm going to say that right off the bat i i normally oh, no, you no, know, it,
0: definitely it,
2: yeah and and it's and it's it's a powerful really 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 powerful the spellcasters, man as if really the Luminus <laughs> needed any more freaking help with that uh but i mean here, here's here's what I'm, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this sucker is in order to get the most out of it you need to garrison uh a wizard i.e hero inside this thing um who's obviously not a monster and does not mounted, have a mount either. right so right. the kangaroo dude's out of luck um but the shrine lets you re-roll one casting one unbinding or dispelling roll per turn for a hero within 12 or 24 inches if there is a guardian inside so I guess my my thing on this wing, it doesn't have to be a wizard on the inside of the thing, right? It
1: no it could no it
2: could be it could be any hero, right? It doesn't have to be a wizard,
1: right? Right. Well, most of the heroes are already wizards, as we've already stated. Well, exactly. So, but so as whoever gar- garrison's this thing becomes a shrine Guardian, and they double the range of effectiveness of this 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 piece of terrain yeah. from twelve to twenty four.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and that is. Uh, that's that's huge, man. That's huge. And yes, Pants Mafia, you know, I am going to be converting the Shrine of Luminor into a new herdstone. You're damn right about that. And the is going to be peeing right off the top. That's what I have to say oh, about okay. that. All right. Moving all right. on. This, this, calm, this, calm this
1: down. This is what we're calling the Crimey Your River piece of terrain. Crimey well, River. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I but mean, I, well,
2: all, did, all see look, Pants Mafia threw us right off the cliff on this thing. I was trying to keep it civil and everything, and he gets me all wound up with these Knobblers and herdstones. We're right. moving on. So, well, I mean... In addition, Sorry. though, I want to throw this out there on on the Shrine Luminor. In addition, uh, no, I think I got this right here, guys. The the Garrison Hero can use their command ability once per turn for free.
1: Yep. Like, that, that's the, That's the bonus free. for being the Shrine Guardian. Yeah. So yeah. If, if they're a wizard with a command ability, say, you know, a Wind Mage, right. which is technically not mounted, and you all of a sudden now have a Wind Mage standing up there or a Cathalier, calling sitting up there, you are got a command trait, you've got a spell disable, auto-casting, ca- auto-casting, something of that manner that's right. got an additional range, 24-inch bubble around this thing, mm-hmm. plus you're throwing a command trait that now has an extended range. Uh, hello.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, honestly, it, it. I'm just going to say it. It's a powerful boon. Can I can I use that word, boon? I mean, yep, it really yes. is. Uh, really, if you think about what this thing, this buff is really awesome to any backline heroes, especially wizards. I mean, I'm just going to – let's just put that out there. I mean, Lumineth wizards are, are already going to be frustrating for many people out there playing against them. And, and, yeah. I, and I think this thing really is going to kick that hole. And I love it. I do. And I'm going to be playing against it quite a bit, I'll be honest with you. But I got to tell you, man, I love it. And then I sit back and I'm like, hmm. You're already going to take a pretty a pretty powerful yeah. magic imbued army and it's only going to get worse for that opponent. I mean, the crying, I think, is going to literally be the that waterfall on the darn thing. I, I think it's going to be pretty epic.
3: And this is where a lot of other opponents are saying that they're going to get sort of a sour taste in their mouth. is When they play against this, we're getting like three auto casts on a nine. We're getting some automatic dispels, bonuses to dispels, right. and then the ability to burn command uh abilities without having to sacrifice the command point so um and up to 24 inches or or what have you so this is where like uh you know i had done a little bit of research on on the back side of this and aos shorts actually has uh some uh, a couple things on his website where he actually ranked the casting ability of lumineth at the highest tier of an a really which yes Um, and so wow. I think you're going to see Lumina realm Lords uh, predominantly gravitate towards this because that's where the army strength lies. And it's kind of like the box. It's another point outside of that box where they're just sort of, they're operating at a, at the highest or not highest, but above average, well above average, really um, standard when it comes to the hero phase and casting attempts. Mm-hmm. And like you right. said, Pat, it's it's almost, Comparable to like when that Zinch book first hit hit the shelves and we were seeing five, six, seven spells a turn, and you're just standing there like, dude, I got one dispel attempt. Like, what do you want me to do against this? Right.
0: Well,
1: <laughs> right. oh, yeah, yeah. And that's a that's a big part of this army. I mean, granted, the wizards in this army don't have multiple spell castings. I mean, they're not like, okay, this guy's got two, this guy's, got three, this guy's four, except for you know, Techless, of course. Right. Sure. But sure. in comparison to other armies where you have maybe one bonus unit they can cast a spell, or a wizard has three spells or two spells and can cast two or three. Every unit in this book. Yeah almost has some form of wizard in it and you're going to be you just it's spell after spell after spell after spell and you can't stop all of it it's almost impossible
2: yeah but but this is where you know justin this is like last week's uh show when you and i were talking about the like magic and i i I don't mind that but i don't want magic to get to the point where it was eighth edition purple sun dwellers below all that kind of stuff i kind of look right now it might be crazy to have all this magic flying around but it's not overpowering and again, I, right. I I hope they and look everyone's like whoa look at Teclas. yeah okay Teclas is a great mage in his own right but that's one six hundred and sixty point freaking model. Um, I can we can deal with that you know Nagash right. we can deal with a, a big dummy like that but uh, well, but I, I, I like I like the balance even though something like this kind of like does kind of beef it up a little bit I like where magic is at right now just there's don't, only don't mess there's with
1: also it. only there's also only specific characters in this book that can take like. A purple sun shot or something like that you know it's not like you're gonna see a purple sun flying off of a unit of hammers or sword masters or right. sentinels you know you, you if you saw that come if that happened we'd be like okay here top tier army with magic there's nothing gonna touch it because every unit can cast a purple sun every unit can cast uh gashing not na- na- jaws i mean i mean etc 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 yeah so thank god it's limited in that respect, to where only certain heroes who have that wizard keyword, that it's a true wizard keyword, can cast those abilities.
3: Right, right. Uh, uh, Pat, Pat, hold on. Yep. I, I think you you dived into a good point, and I think Justin was getting there and uh, capitalized on it. Imagine a Lumineth Realm Lord army that is MSU okay. or. One that doesn't take techless at the 660 points, but can Mm. still operate at a techless level because of the shrine, because of all these other abilities, because almost every unit casts a spell.
2: Yeah. 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 And I got a feeling, I got a feeling to have mass bodies on the table, we're going to see that more than we are techless. I think the days, I think techless is going to fall away. Like, and don't get me wrong here, guys. I can already hear people going, oh, no, I like techless with the feather in his butt and floating in the air. Um, But I, I, my whole thing about Teclis is I think he's going to end up like a lot of these, uh, you know, centerpieces. I think you know you took Alariale on the on the big dung beetle. You know she's off to the side, great model in her own right. But people want yeah. more bodies on the table. I think the only only model that really has stood the test of time is is Marathi. Really, you still see that on the on on, on the table because there's yeah. you know an opportunity for her to change or not. But. Um, uh but I think that's I think that's the way going but let's do this. Before you get into the Battalions, Pants Mafia, we haven't forgotten about you bud. We're we're going to get to your Battalions here in just a second. But Chuck, why don't we why don't we pull the uh, the jalopy over and let's go through some of those stats that you were uh you looking to you looking to show us man. Are you uh, are you good to go through that?
3: Yeah. So um basically what I tried to do was uh break down some of the average damage output of some of the models that we would see um from a Lumineth standpoint. Right. Um Blade Lords, uh, obviously, if, if you're looking at the average damage table now, um, are the purple ones, um, and they are more of the elite unit and more expensive, but I just wanted to sort of look at base damage output for units that have like a four plus five plus save. Um, it, we progress progressively see that getting bigger. Now, keep in mind, the Blade Lords have two melee or melee attack profiles. One is more of a uh close in range attack a hero auto hit which is mm-hmm. one of the big things that people are up in arms about um but it's only one attack that's a, a negative two rend i think it wounds on a three two or three and um, does two and, and does one damage so that's kind of the the deciding factor there the this melee uh graph that you see in front of you is more or less based off three attacks with the Blade Lord's uh mm-hmm. weapon that they have. So as we can see, uh, they are more of the elite high damage output unit. Right. The the secondary one is the the Verant Wardens. So the Venari Wardens. Right. And with that, uh the Wardens have, and this is of course a unit of five. So if we really doubled it to ten, we would actually double the uh damage potential. We see that they sort of excel at around the Four plus five plus uh armor save and so um i think those are going to be some of the main units we see oh yeah but i i don't want to rule out sentinels uh because they also have potential to do a high damage output and uh at, at like their 18 inch and 30 inch range especially with the buffs that you can get from the heroes like our five wound heroes that increase the mortal wound output to a at a five plus instead of a six okay so I think we're gonna have to sort of look at, at at that because the Blade Lords, you know, they're not outputting that much mortal wound damage. And uh, I think the Sentinels are are a base battle line unit that we're gonna see a lot of.
2: I gotta be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I like what you put together here, but I, I got I'll I think the Blade Lords are the way to go. I mean if, if if I was building an army of these guys, I would probably take three units of fifteen blade lords right off the right off the bat. And and mainly that's mainly because um you know, if if you think about if you look at their stats, and I, I don't want to get I don't want to get too bogged down to this because everyone's yeah. got the book and you can now look them up on online and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, com- yeah. in comparison to say the the original badasses in the army, which were the Stone Guard, these guys have you know uh, pretty you know pretty solid uh, pretty solid movement, right? But let's but when you talk about what they're able to do as far as um, putting them in with uh, any hero, right? If you take if you take the yes. fact that that this unit's got a two-inch reach, which they're going to be on 32-inch bases, so correct. that means almost all of them in the unit are going to be getting their 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 hits in. Now, if they you can were to,
3: reach through, correct?
2: Yeah. So and yep. on an auto hit, right? Even if even if you were to take the the perfect strike rule, where they where they get to auto hit, their wound is going to be on twos. So let's just say, mm-hmm. for instance, you've got 12 of them in the unit. By a law of average, that's 12 hits. You, you roll on twos you're probably going to be getting 10 maybe maybe or so uh through ten wounds at at that way at mm-hmm. negative two when you average it on a, on a on a four plus save you know unit you're doing some heavy damage and right. and, and I, when i first looked at this i went i would literally like if i were building an army and chuck i, I i'm not i'm not trying to contradict you i'm just saying these, these are all opinions here folks maybe some people think the 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 blade lords aren't that good. Um but my standpoint is this. I would take three ballistas, which Chuck you got down here. Why don't, why don't I pull the card over you? Tell me a little bit you about would, your ballistas here.
3: Uh so the the one Venari ballista which has a 30 inch shooting attack right. starts out at a base two attacks. Um we see that typically you're gonna get one through if it hits on threes and threes. Uh and you're going to be doing an average of about two damage on a reg- on a unit that has a four plus armor save um but i just want to sort of t- to chime in here and get sort of justin's input because justin and i sort of talked about uh an instance where the ballista can be a little bit better um and he might have mm-hmm. you know sort of two cents to chime in there so if justin if you want to get in there and do that you can yeah
1: go ahead well let, let, let me let me Go back up a little bit to the Blade Lords, because there is a actual disadvantage to taking an entire army of Blade Lords is one, you almost can't. And I, well, If you I take know three that,
2: heroes, you can take them as take them as battle line.
1: Right. But once you take three heroes and three units of fifteen blade lords, you're sitting at fifteen hundred points without any battalions or anything else to back you up.
2: Yeah, I mean, okay, so so in, I think I think in, in many I, I, cases I, I, when you've got three ballistas that are shooting at thirty inches, maybe the battalions at that point are an empty empty points, right?
1: No, not for the Blade Lords, they're not unfortunately. The Battalions actually are not. So you kind of need those battalions to make that one drop. Otherwise, you're going to be putting six drops on the table. And there's ways around it, but being, I think it's what 320 points for 15 guys or something of that matter, yeah, 360 mm-hmm. points for 15 guys, and then you have to and then you had to take either a 100 point hero, 140 point hero, or 160 point hero to make it a battle line. That trade-off Plus, the battalion makes that very expensive for anything else that's going to go your way. And their guardians' ability, if people play it right, and I'm playing the devil's advocate here, they target your heroes. Those heroes are within three inches of your blade lords. They automatically have to take that two plus guardian rule and you start hitting wounds into your guardian, into your blade lords without even taking an eye. Well, it's, so, it's so then automa- you're saying too that you things. would,
2: you would have some, you would have some other units in there, like, like you, maybe the wardens or something like that. You'd go with the, the Right,
1: Your maybe... sa- safer bet is to probably just take one hero okay. to one and make it, make it that your that make it a battle line, but make it your, your hitty hit a unit that's surrounded by spears or surrounded by something else that keeps its flanks okay. uh, or maybe two, or maybe two units to do the battalion where it's the one here on the two of them for the battalion. And then you still have one of them count as a battle line. Okay. It, so, it, so It's a safer bet. So throw in
2: a little bit about what you think about the, the, the ballistas.
1: So the ballistas are good by themselves. I mean, granted they are two attacks. They hit on threes, wound on threes, D three damage. There's a battalion that allows you to take, uh, The hauler, I think, is uh, one of the heroes. And if I remember correctly, let me find what he's called real quick, just so we have it.
2: You're talking about the Caligrave?
1: The Caligrave. The Caligrave? Yeah. Right. So you take the Caligrave, which has the ability to do his things and make things unbreakable. Mm -hmm. You take the battalion, which allows him to take three to five ballistas in it. Now these ballistas, if they're within three inches of each other, they all shield each other. So they now pick up a immunity to rent to mortal wounds and damage on top of, they get an additional attack.
2: Right. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'm a big fan. I had bolt throwers in my old high elf army and I'm a big fan of the, of the ballistas. I I would have three of them in my army. However I built it, it would would start at three ballistas.
1: Right. So at that point, you're basically building an artillery battery. You know, you, you got, you got one dude standing behind it with these three ballistas in front of it. Him sitting there going, you guys aren't going anywhere, there's no breaking, there's no battle shocks, none of that stuff, plus the enhancements he can do, being a wizard, and things of that matter. They're all within three inches, they're firing three shots apiece. Oh,
2: you're talking about the star shark oh. battery.
1: Right? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're sitting at three shots apiece doing yeah. a possibility of nine damage per ballista? Oh, That's yeah. insanity.
2: Yeah, no, I got to tell you, that, that would solve a lot of problems on the tabletop real quick. And, and, and yeah, so I, I think the Star Shard battery is another good one. And folks, if you want to look that up, look in the Lumineth Realm Lords Battle Tome, page 113, right, right in the middle of the page. Uh, all right, well, good stuff. Well, Chuck, I mean, you did an awesome job here with these stats, dude. Any, anything else to, to talk about before we roll on? Because, you know, Pants Mafia, dude, we got we to get those battalions out of the way before he, like, uh, you know, throws something at us. Well, that's what we're trying I to, to do it. here.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I just think you've got to think about those uh, artillery batteries with the plus one to hit. That's what I was trying to get at with Justin. In addition, yep. uh, with that additional attack, you know, we're shooting at thirty inches and at and 100 taking, points, and taking their, their six plus re- wound reduction down to a five. Yeah. So, right. um we're, we're looking at some a potential threat, right? Here, so. <sighs> oh, I
1: yeah.
2: mean, I, I would, I would say, I would say. Definitely a, a potential threat. I mean, I, I you know, honestly, Chuck, that was awesome you put that together, dude. We gotta do that more often. That was good stuff. Yep. Very cool. Uh and folks, he's the smart one. Um so here it is, guys. Let's get into these battalions now. Um so again, again, uh Pants Mafia, here we go, man. So uh we're only looking at the new ones today as far as battalions. I, I think uh, that there's there's three new ones, I believe. Um, and we got the, the, let's start out with, with, uh, with the, uh, let's just, let's just wrap it up, man, with the star shard battery. I mean, obviously we just talked about this one. This is the, uh, this is the Caligrave, uh, as as a hero, and you're going to have three to five ballistas, five Mm -hmm. ballistas, five ballistas. Yeah. it's 500 points, but it's kind of appealing. Um, and they, uh, all the, all the, uh, all the units gain a five plus feel no pain. And, um, I gotta be honest with you, man. That is, that is tasty. I, that might be. I don't know if that's my favorite one yet, but that's, that's right now. It's kind of, it's kind of fish my nizzle. I kind of like that one. Um, what do you think, man? Give me, Justin, give me another uh, battalion, new one. What are we, what are we going to talk about? How about
1: the uh, Huracan Temple? Just the, the,
2: okay. All right. the one that's
1: the, it's the Lord, uh, separate the Lord of the Seventh Wind or the Spirit. It's the Wind Mage and it's one to three Huracan Wind Chargers. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, that, that's probably by far one of my the better ones I like just simply because if it's wholly within a hero of the battalion, um, they count as making charge moves regardless if it's a move or not, a regular move. So there's bonuses there for charging and things of that matter. Right. So so
2: this 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 Huracan Temple, though, this is the with the, the named version of the character, right?
1: The, or the uh, unnamed Severith.
2: or bo- it's it's either. Oh, or. You, oh that's right. You, you can take either or. OK. OK. So, yeah, I mean, this is the um, so you can get one to three wind chargers out of this one um and yeah i I think there's i think you said this 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 grants every unit in the battalion the ability to benefit from charging even if they didn't
1: correct it counts as a charge regardless if it's if it is or not
2: but they got to be within what 12 inches of a hero uh
1: wholly within 12 inches of a hero which is not hard to do when you have a wind mage that's moving like crazy or the spirit that's moving 24 inches yeah regardless
2: i I mean it's decently powerful i think and i think to me when i when i think about this one yeah it's kind of neat kind of powerful kind of strong i think it's kind of worth considering Uh, if you bring second on the list, I I think you have to bring all the units involved though, you know, right. You do. I, I I really, I really think, um, I really think that to me, yeah, I don't know. I I got mixed emotions about that one. I I like it. And, but yet, I don't know why I got to think about that one. I got to, I got to let that one simmer in the, in the brain stew a little bit. Uh, but Chuck, what do you think about the blade Lord host, man?
3: So I know I was kind of going with this and and leaning towards that uh, when I made my statistics page there um, a little bit ago, even though I'm not the smartest one in the room. I just want to say that. So Blade Lord host uh, one Venario scenario, sorry, scenario hero and two to three units of Venari Blade Lords. You can reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by units from this battalion that target an enemy unit that has made charge move in the same turn. Right. So that kind of goes back to, you know, the two attacks that Blade Lord's have. We can have the Perfect Strike which Perfect Strike which auto hits right. or the Fury of Blows which hits on a three plus so you're gonna be put there theoretically hitting with some 80 some percent of your hits well if you have a two inch reach with that blade your front rank might be hitting the second rank of the enemy unit maybe even the third rank if they're on 20 25 millimeter bases depending on how they're stacked i
2: think
3: they're 35 millimeters what they come in the box but so i so my my point being is that we're going to have a lot of hits with this.
2: Oh, you're not kidding. And you know something? I mean, when when I look at this battalion here, now that I think about it, I mean, you're you're literally dispatching hordes, you know, gone. I mean, when you use like you yeah. said, if you use uh flurry of, of blows, um, I mean, you you're you're going to be you're going to be going through those those hordes like shit through a tin horn. You're just going to be removing them off the table no well, problem. And that
3: that is the the point of having Blade Lords. They have the ability to basically Pick their strike and, and close combat to take out the hero or go after the hordes. Right. That's right. What, that is what they're there for.
2: You know, it's funny. I, Justin, and, and, and you made a great point, bud, and I, I appreciate your opinion on the Blade Lords. I have mine. But, Chuck, what say you on the Blade Lords? Would you go with an army predominantly of Blade Lords, or would you kind of have them in there like as a, as a neat little schmackling of something, uh, something real killy?
3: I, you know, I think that they have their place as a, a larger support unit, not necessarily like the meat and potatoes of an army. Um, I think you're going to have and need more bodies on the table uh, from wardens or sentinels as far as having objective takers. Right. And these guys are almost like you're, I, I, I want to say they're sort of like slicing the cheese like you need them to do a surgical strike here you're charging them forward killing this model or unit then moving them somewhere else for support or guarding a hero right. uh, because they've got the venus more banners which you know on oh, a yeah. four up ignores spells or endless spells but then um i do believe they have the ability to like reallocate wounds somehow uh so they block incoming damage potentially uh that, that's the, another that's, friendly unit
1: that's the guardian's role for taking heroes. So what yeah. I, w- what I was leaning towards when I was saying that these would be a good thing with that battalion we we're talking about is you take this Skinari lore seeker, you put with two units of those guys as bodyguard to him, yeah. and then basically take that battalion so that you can drop it as one unit. You walk up to an objective and all of a sudden now you've got say 20 models that are basically walking shields that say, oh, that Lore Seeker's never taking damage because we're within three inches. We're going to absorb that damage from him. And as soon as that Lore Seeker hits that objective, it's his until he dies. Mm -hmm. Even if he walks, as long as he's within six inches of that objective, it's his no matter who walks in on it. He could get it. You could have a Mega Gargant walk in that's got 30 30 claim points, you know, like they do. And basically... It don't matter this dude's there it's his you know it's funny go, going back to the to, to wrap up our conversation on the
2: battalions you know the blade lord host you know probably my favorite battalion uh because i really like the blade lords but you know it's funny i go back to when i was when i was a high elf player and i wonder if this is going to happen again i wonder if we're going to have one of those histories repeating itself kind of moments because when i was a high elf player i loved sword masters mm-hmm. and but i almost was reluctant to ever take them out of the case and put them on the table. Because enemy gun lines, enemy whatever, would always see them, and they knew exactly what those swordmasters were going to do, and they immediately Mm -hmm. got evaporated off the table. But, you know, once I kind of learned to use them in that utility role, I think I went an entire year without my swordmasters ever making it into combat. But what that did was that was almost a ploy unit. That my enemy would focus fire on or focus in yeah. on, and the rest of my army could do whatever the hell it wanted to do. And I had Lothar and Seaguard, and had all those old, you know, Eighth Editions. So for right. you, for you younger people, that was an old ass game a long time ago. But um, but I played the hell out of that way, and I found a different value for them. And knowing what the Blade Lords, who are essentially sword masters, are—they even have the Sword Master rule, which is great—are uh, going to be able to do. I think. I wonder if that same thing is going to happen because you're not going to want to get this unit into combat with you at all you're going to want to get them as far away from combat as 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 possible right and um so to be honest with you um i like what uh what this army is shaping up to be and 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 i i you know it's um it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting when i when i when i see a lot of the old flavor from the old high elves kind of seeping back into this again it uh it, it it's kind of nice um but uh but yeah so let's uh, let, let's wrap it up with this one I, unless we want to if you got any more you want to talk about this one. I mean, there's a lot more I think we can really kind of soak in this one, but the nations, right? I mean we mentioned this at the very top of the show. and there are two new nations here with the Lumineth, the, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, uh, Illumini and the Helion. and um, gentlemen. I know that I kind of briefly started to, to, to talk about it at the beginning of the show, but what do we know about these man let's uh, let, let's, let's talk about uh, where where all of these Lumineth are from. Uh, hold on well, I'll start then. Um, yeah, go ahead. The the yeah. so so the one that I thought was interesting What's was the um, the, the Illuminati, and this is focused towards I guess uh, improving the older units in the book, which I, I kind of appreciated that at least GW didn't hold back with kind of saying ah we got these units in the book and that's where they're going to stay. I like that they did things to kind of benefit them as well as introduce new units. Uh, and the Cenari and the Venari units in particular are the ones that I'm referring to. Now, they have some interesting things that happen with this one. One of them is Claim the Field. And this one lets, uh, I think, I think up to three, three. of the units uh, make yep. a free, normal move before the start of the game. Now, here we are, guys. Here we are right back talking about movement shenanigans and getting into position in places that your opponent necessarily won't be able to get into. Um, And I think this ability to get your army into stronger positions early is going to be key to a lot of victories. Um, I think the mandatory command trait, the the, the burning gaze, uh, I think deals... I think it's one mortal wound to a unit within three inches of the general on a 2+. plus. Uh, You know, that's not that great. I I, I would probably focus more on, you know, getting my my army into position than, than, you know, uh, a mortal wound. Um, But it's almost... It's, it's almost a guaranteed mortal wound so I kind of I want to take a little bit about what I said back here and it might help tap out an enemy hero that's already kind of low on mm-hmm. wounds or something that maybe you need to finish the bastard off or, or do something like that but i mean that was my first initial takeaway in kind of recalling the uh Illumini. i mean guys what do you think about that nation
1: i i think it's built for some of the new stuff too i mean oh, okay. it's designed specifically for the venari and the skinari units so your venari blade blade lords are part of that Right. You know, having the ability to have them and your guardians walk up three inches in addition to their normal on turn one or move up on turn one and mm-hmm. then having them where they can run right. and count as charging. So now you've got Venari Blade Lords that are literally moving up first turn as a free move, yeah. right. advancing, running. And then they can still oh, charge are in you, that same turn. Are you
2: referring to the, uh, the command trait, the seize the moment, where where right it, it you, you, lets you, you have run and charge between, in the same right. same turn. So that one, yeah, yeah.
1: So between claim the field, seize the moment, and everything yeah, else, I forgot you, about could that have, one. you could technically have a Vinari Blade Lord unit in combat, effectively turn one, turn two. If, if you got enough yeah. movement genetics in play. Well, that's play. what I'm
2: saying. You know, you, you get yourself into those powerful so, positions, it, it could keep your opponent right on their back foot. And I think, I think the one thing we forgot to mention, I just, is, is that the mandatory artifact, the, the waystone uh, is incredibly powerful. I, I think of the two, yes. I think the uh, Illumini is probably my favorite of the two nations. Um, you know, because again, it it is only once per game. I don't really care for once per game stuff, but sometimes you got to make an exception, but the bearer can pick a point within 12 inches away. Uh, or I think it's 12 inches away, as long as they are more than three inches from enemy units and they can warp there immediately. So more movement shenanigans, man. (laughs) Um, so
3: imagine in, in this that you you know destroy a unit either in combat or with sentinels, God forbid, 30 inches away that you buff up or at, at 18 inches so you can do the mortal wound ability on a five plus and then you just pop your character over there. Exactly. Exactly. There you go. Right. I mean, it's just like, go on the other side of a unit, uh, take the objective, and what the heck are they going to do about it? Not a damn thing at that point. Or
1: or you have an extremely fast character that can get somewhere onto the table, say 24-inch movement, something of that manner. Right. And, right. hey, you have a 12-inch thing to throw a unit of Blade boy, blade Lords at them, and, hey, I picked the unit with, command, with the seize the movement, and they still charge you.
2: Hey, Justin, who are you talking about when you said you had a 12-inch thing? Ha <laughs> ha! <are you> <laughs> all right, so so let, let's let's wrap this up here, man. We got the new we got the new nation now. The uh, the the hellion Hellon. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously they're they're the ones that like to do all the shooting. Um, the battle trait, Gale of Killing Shafts, grants I think it's uh, range units locked in melee a bonus attack with their missile weapons. So this one's kind of interesting to me because it kind of flies in the face of the whole, you know. Uh, shooting in and out of combat thing I, I think it makes it more deadly if your your ballistas or sentinels get locked into a you know say some kind of an unfortunate combat yes. i think the, the the command trait um ties in pretty well with that but i mean let, let's kind of stop there i mean this really kind of gives a nice buff i mean i still like the other nation better that's my opinion but i still think it gives a nice buff to those shooting units that are typically not so great in close combat what do you guys think
1: you got ballistas with four shots with this if they're within three inches
3: that's crazy, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to be doing six damage, if not more. Yeah, Bata- Battalion, this, plus the ballista
1: standard, that's four shots. It's a possibility of 12 damage per ballista coming across the table. Right. At three inches? Right. Yeah. Right. And then you add that additional to any uh, sentinels that are in the background with their bows, which I think they're firing two shots, so now they're three shots.
2: Right. Yeah, I, I like the fact that it seems that it's, it's pushing shooting units to be more combat-oriented, although the command trait... I think it when i say it kind of ties into that it, it's kind of one of those things that um i guess if you had to run or charge your 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 champion you know if they were going to reroll roll the, the command trait by the way I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself is the the sky race grand champion is what it's called and this essentially lets your general reroll one run one charge and one casting roll per game Mm. which again is pretty decent if you were to, you know, say tie it in with the fact that your ballistas and your sentinels can now be locked into combat and get some benefits. But again, it, it, we go back to that same thing again. It's an elf hero. Why do you want them you know running towards, you know, the, the fist fight in the phone booth? I don't know that I would want them, want them to do that. So that one kind of fell a little flat with, with me. Uh, but that's just, but that's just me. I mean, it might be pretty good on a wind mage. Maybe, maybe, um, but that—that's my thoughts. I mean, you guys, any 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 positive, negatives, comments on that one?
3: Well, the positive behind that one is it's it's three different things that you can do because it's and and wow. it's and, not or 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 it's, it's so and 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 correct.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, I guess uh, yeah, I guess I guess if you read it that way, see Chuck, see guys, Chuck is a smart <laughs> <man>. <laughs> if you read it that—that's how you read it, right? I, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. uh, um, and I think the command trait, uh, uh hmm. gone like the wind or something. I believe that's what it's called. I think I think that's within twelve inches of a hero. They can make a normal move at the end of the combat phase. You know, given Which its range can also and, be
1: a which can be a retreat as well. Yeah. Yeah, it says I, yep. yeah,
2: you're right. You're that's true about that. But I mean, given its range and focus, um, I think it can help a unit say back out of combat more, more so than not. I think you'd use it for that mm-hmm. when, when they when they really shouldn't be there or you know, let a melee unit like say the wind chargers fall back and charge again. That would be kind of slick, I think, you know, be able to do that old Bretonian tricks. Um, but I, I think that, um, I think that this one kind of, I don't know, this one seems too situational to me. Am I, am I being too critical on the, on this nation or is it just me? Mm, a little it bit, could but, be
1: situational, but, but it's, it is situational, but yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, I'm even, look, I'm even thinking about the artifact with this one, the, uh, uh, the metalith dust, um, again, once per game. So I'm already like, blah, not really sure I want anything to do with that one. But um, it subtracts one from, from the hit and wound rolls from an enemy unit within three inches for the turn. So I guess if you, you know, with all the buffs of buffing those, those, mm-hmm. you know, shooter units are now locked in close combat that they normally don't do very well with, maybe that is a good thing. But then again, I kind of look at it and go,
1: eh. Situational, but. It, it just seems it, too situational to, for me. Right. But if you think about it, if, if you're fighting, say, I had in Deepkin. And they're turn three where they're auto, they're, they're attacking you before you attack. Right. You know, all of a sudden you pop this thing and the entire units at a minus one to hit minus one to wound. No, that could, I, that, could that could save off that while you come back and strike them or right. a unit or some, or any unit in the game. And now in all honesty, you know, they yeah, had some okay. kind of major buff on a turn.
2: And I think, I think yeah, it's both I, hit okay.
1: and wound.
3: So yeah.
2: You know, overall, I'll say this. I, I think, I think, I think Hellion isn't bad. Okay it feels less focused, but you know none of its bonuses are are bad. I don't want to say that uh, but it just it just I, I could just see some some use though it won't likely be the most competitive option of the bunch. And I figure, you know, you're going to spend all this time and money and paint and all that kind of stuff. You at least want to have some kind of competitiveness. Unless, of course, you're gooseneck, man. I admire yeah. this guy's resolve, dude. He puts down in the chat, he says, I'm going to run two Sonari Cathalars and five Blade Lords uh, to guard them. Uh, the remainder of the list will be Wardens and Sentinels, probably run Techless 2. I'm not going to be playing competitively. Uh, gooseneck. That sounds like a pretty competitive list. Man. That's a pretty competitive list, yeah. man. Go- gooseneck. Uh, <laughs> I, I would be a little nervous also, playing against you, buddy. Good stuff, and man. It,
1: especially if you're running one. You've got that terrain piece, and you put a the Cath collar up there, and she's throwing her spell twice.
3: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I do want to say that going back to Helon, we have six abilities from this nation okay. that operate outside of a box even more because yes, they it's, do. It's, it's debuffs. It's buffs. It's uh, re-roll all this stuff for your general. It's it's debuff the unit that's gonna pump three command points into it to get plus three attacks or something like that. Back um, right. Away from an so, enemy unit for free, you know. Y- yeah, I mean, you're gonna have like a deck of cards of oh, these are all my abilities I get to do over five <laughs> turns. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I really see people making cards for all this crap that they can do. It it'll be it, and you're just gonna be sitting there like, yep, okay, all right, minus one, okay, I hit on sixes, okay, yeah, I get one attack, uh, but, you know, yeah, it's just you know, like. Yeah,
1: in, in a way, this army is actually one of the probably uh, and is probably the most defensive army nation in the list. I mean, you get these guys on an objective, and the fact that they have an additional combat attack at three inches for for bows. Right. So now your yeah. sentinels sit on an objective and just keep shooting you, and then they back away and say, "Okay, we either reengage you or something else sweeps in from the sides." At that point, while we're still shooting you because you're within three inches of us, and we have four shots with ballistas. I mean. This is a defensive, this has got defensive written all over it.
2: Well, which is, which is uh which is an elf thing, right? Well, at least, at yep. least the old high elves were very much. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh well, well, good stuff, man. Good stuff. What what else before we can wrap up the Lumina, before you get to the question of the day, what do we got?
1: Uh I mean, we really didn't touch too much on the Huracan, but that's, there's, there's just too much in this book to really go through. The only one I really want to bring up is um the new, Named wind characters, uh, I think oh, yeah. it's uh, yeah, let's, separate let's, let's roll with that one, yeah, simply because this guy is he's a, he is a game changer, okay. 24 nice. 24 inch move character with 10 wounds, bravery 10, four attacks at an 18 inch bow, which is you know, kind of standard, but it's his ability called scour, which or or score, or whatever you, however, you want to pronounce it. The dude moves 24 inches, gets within one inch of a terrain piece, touches the damn thing on a two plus and turns it off for the game.
2: Right. Right. He's, uh, he's Doesn't got a, destroy, he's got a it he just got turns it off. Inch,
1: yeah, 24 inch, uh, movement. Right. So, oh, there's that nice little shrine for OBR. I turn it off. There's an awakened wildwood. I turned it off. There's your bad mood shrine for the, the gets. I turned it off.
2: You know, I, I gotta be honest with you. You know, thinking about thinking about that. You know, looking at the old Sons of Belemot book right here, man. I, I gotta tell you, you know, I don't. You know, the gate the, the gate smashers, yeah. You know, the great giants, but I don't know that. I, I I'm I'm I don't know that I've ever won or lost a game because of a, a terrain feature.
1: But well, the, you think about it, though. This guy's moving 24 inches, so he's double the speed of the giant. Well, sure. And against say whenever, I'm um, and I specifically I'm focusing on armies that rely on their terrain, like the game. fight gets if that right. terrain piece gets destroyed, they can't bring anything back. This guy yeah. walks over and turns it off. They can't bring anything back.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You put it like yeah, you that. Go, that's... <laughs> you go. Okay. You go
1: to the you go to the Sylvaneth and you turn off their awakened wildwoods. They can't summon or bounce their troops around the board because they're no longer anything but a set of trees so i think we're going to be seeing this guy in a lot of lumineth armies
2: hey uh, you're going to be
1: for 300 points probably
2: yeah gooseneck trade up man get rid of that tech list and, and roll with one of these guys no i'm kidding with you all right well uh we got uh we got other good stuff coming up in the show hey gang i really hope you're enjoying the grimdark live show so far thanks for being with us but before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimDarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimDarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimDarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes so let us know if you have something you need painted and we'll get it done for you and if patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time we totally understand and thank you for spending time with us here on grimdark live so with that said let's get to the question of the day All right, we got the question of the day coming up here on Grimdark Live. And and you know what? I The Lumina thing, I got to be honest with you, we could talk about that.
0: We could talk about this for hours.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest. So, so before we get to the question of the day, let me throw this out there. So, Chuck, are you in? Are you playing them?
3: Yeah. Okay. Me? Oh, Realm Lords? Yeah. Uh, I'm still working on Sons of Behemoth <laughs> before I get another $750 into another army. Yeah. Well, uh, what about you, good Justin? Lord. Are you in? You playing them?
1: Do I keep pulling heroes, or are okay. we good?
2: There you go. All right, thank you. All right, yeah, he's in. Uh, I gotta tell you, man, I, I I really think I'm I'm in. I, I got a I got a few things with the aesthetics I got to work out and see if I can find some talent to try to try to make some changes. But I really think uh, I really think I'm in. Great army. But here it is, man. We got the question of the day. Uh, we
1: converted right him. <laughs> yeah. Converted him.
2: Um, hey, man, I was an old high up player. So here's the question of the day. Now, if you guys were hanging around in the beginning of the show, I think uh, I think you heard what the uh, the question of the day was. But here it is again. And we're going to be uh, we're going to be throwing this one right at Chuck first. He's going to be answering this one. So here it is, Chuck. What's the point of battle line requirements?
3: So with battle line requirements, I I do believe that it is a base way to uh, standardize armies in a way that uh, players can take a set number of units or units that um, are are generic across the board and have baseline abilities and uh, balances out to some degree, not not to every degree, because we have to consider battalions, um, a way to design and make an army. Um, and with that, if we didn't have battle line units, I think what we would see are the upper echelon of elite armies and just the complete slaying and destroying of other armies that don't have access to those units so it's a way to tame down new books that are coming out by having them take the baseline units and i know baseline battle line they both start with the b so it must be right um Hmm. but it it's a way for games workshop to sort of tame down the flame for at least some time before people sort of get all those uh gears figured out with the new books in order to take more of an elite highly efficient uh gt ready army
2: all right i i like the way you put that man uh justin what about you
1: man what's the point of battle line requirements their attacks just like uh dropping your drops there, When you have a battalion and you have extra characters, the characters become a, a, a drop tax. So having to take battle line basically is taxing your points so that you don't have the readily available to just do all elite, like Chuck was saying. So you, you it's something you have to do, and it's their way of keeping armies in check so that, again, you don't have massive, massive, just full-on elite armies coming at you. And granted, there's a lot of armies out that break that rule, uh, I, I mean, and Deepkin with their eels is one that comes to mind on that. But again, it requires special characters and requires special roles. So,
2: yeah, I, I think one of these one of these shows we have to talk about the difference and the tactical difference between battle line and battle line. If I think we need to get right. there, All right. So so here's oh, my yeah. thought on it. You know, a battle line, it, you know, it, you know, we I've often heard that. It's the rank and file of an army or you know because you know some list could could use those points elsewhere or they'd be overpowered um you know you hear stuff like that but if we didn't have them this is my honest opinion i think if we didn't have battle line uh i, I think screen units chaff and regular infantry would still be in a lot of army lists i, I really do i, I don't think mm-hmm. that you would ever not be without them um i mean Lately here on the show, gang, we've been talking a lot about Age of Sigmar 3.0. And I got to thinking about the, you know, ideas for 3.0 and wondered what would happen if you took this out altogether, if there were just, that's it, no more battle line, you know. What would the game look like? I don't know. That that Maybe that was maybe that should have been more of the question of the day. But um, I just got thinking about this, you know. You know, when you sit there and you, you kind of go, what is the what is the point of battle line requirements? I mean let let's take about our, our main topic here tonight. Let's take room room and Realm Lords. You take the you take the uh, the the Blade Lords. Mm-hmm. Right? Well they can be battle line, yeah. they're battle line if you take, you know, three of the uh the the, the scenario, um uh, characters. Then right. you can have three battle line. So, you know, sometimes little things like that can kind of throw that whole concept uh, uh, overboard. But at any rate. I, uh, I, 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 I digress on that one, man. So, <laughs> I, um, but here it is, man. We are at the, uh, we're at the, the closing thoughts for the show. And uh, Justin, I think it's you, right? Or is it who? Is it Chuck? Chuck Come did on. him last week. All right, Justin, you're it, man.
1: Okay. Well, I think. With the closing thoughts, I'm going to kind of just harken back to what we were doing with our topic here and talking about Armed Forces, or not Armed Forces, but um, AOS 3. And I think between the Lumineth Realm Lords new book and some of the rules we saw coming in there, and some of the rules that we're hearing in rumor for the Soulblight Lords and things of that matter, that we're going to have a fairly hefty shakeup in the general AOS 3.0 rules. Um, but take it with a grain of salt, because I still think GW wants to keep us as streamlined as possible without rules bloat. Um, Either way though, if it goes that way or it doesn't go that way, this is a game we love. This is a game we cherish. Let's keep playing it. Keep it fair. Um, Paint the armies you want, build them the way you want. And let's just have a good old time. I mean, we're coming out of some pretty horrendous SHIT from last year. But with tournaments coming up, we got Armed Forces Day 4 coming, and we got some other tournaments around the country starting to fire back up and things like that. And it's becoming a real good time for us in the Warhammer community and the Age of Sigmar overall. So let's just keep it fun fair and have some fun and go from there.
2: That's all I got. That's good stuff, dude. Good stuff. Well, that's it, gang. That's uh that's, that's a wrap, man. That's a wrap. And all the Grimdark goons, and I'd like to thank uh, all of our listeners for another great show. And we look forward to having you back next time. We discuss all things related to Dice Dragons, Demons, and a Dwarf in the Warhammer world. So please don't forget to join us next Tuesday at 730. And also, please don't forget to uh, to give our little show here a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. And follow our podcast, by the way. So until we meet again, remember, roll them dice, fun and fair, and don't be a freaking short pants. Shorty beans. Bye. Night,
0: everybody. Right, guys, see you next I- week. Grimdark Live, we'd like to thank you for slumming through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. We'll be back again real soon, so until then, roll them dice, fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short pants. You can get your Grimdark Live fix on, on our live show or catch us on our Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear, gang. There'll be more great content from Grimdark Live coming to you each and every week. So stay tuned and stay grim while you dice-chucking, blue-sniffing gamer goons. You're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong
2: week to stop sniffing
0: blue. Remember to embrace the main message here on Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other in this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at Gripdarklive.com and don't forget to subscribe, follow, and recommend Grip Dark Live to your friends. So long, Grip Dark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms.
2: Bye.
1: short pants.